Welcome to Comics in Christ. My name is Michael Davis. And today as we continue our conversations, as we go back to the old school, doing our uh, podcast recordings and putting this word out in this very unique way, we're going to pick up on the conversation we had last week. Because last week we began the conversation of the differentiation between the Boy Scout and the Bat. Now, I want to shift that conversation because last week we used the imagery of the bat being the one who walked in the darkness, walked in the shadows, and was the image of fear for individuals. Just as much as the bat signal shining in the side, in the sky, being an image of hope for those in, in worry. The, signal, the bat signal shining in the sky became for others an image of fear and worry because vengeance was about to come. Looking back at last week, I used the phrase uh, shared in, in the written comic books of the lore of the bat. Batman describing himself and differentiating himself between he and Superman is that Clark will always do good. Clark will never do wrong. Clark will never do harm. Deep down, Clark is good. But me, deep down, I'm not. I want to talk about how in the newest rendition, the newest storytelling of the legacy of The Batman in the movie The Batman, they began to weigh out the harm that exists in them. And as I share through this, I'm going to share with with you some of the things that is frustrating me at this moment within my denomination, within the worldwide complex. There's some things that I feel that are out of control, and we need to find some way to bring a light of hope into it. When we look at the storytelling of this image of the Batman, the Robert Patterson, the Batterson image of the Batman, we see a person who is the image of vengeance, someone who wants to strike that fear, the person who wants to put the fear in the heart of others and become such an image of vengeance that the shining symbol of the bat in the sky may even cause those walking the path of righteousness and peace to be a little bit worried and scary. At the very very beginning of the movie, we get this classic line that exists in numerous Batman films. All the way back to Keaton. All the way into um, the Nolan verse with... Um, Wow, of all the times for me to forget Christian Bale's name would be right now. Even in the Christian Bale, even in the Batflack with Ben Affleck, we get this classic line that we've heard over and over again, who are you? Now, just like over the years with 007, we've heard the response back, Bond, 
James Bond and just like Michael Keaton before him and Christian Bell before him, when we hear, hear the question, who are you? We expect to hear the words uttered back, I'm Batman. But we don't get that response in, in this re- rendition. And the response that comes back shares the deep-rooted heart of Batterson of what the mission statement of Robert Patterson's rendition of Batman will be. He doesn't say back, I'm Batman. He says back, I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. If we look at the narratives of of Adam West, if we even look into the early narrative of Bob Kane, if we look at the early narrative of like Frank Miller or so forth, even the image of the Dark Knight, there has been a, a call, a mission statement of a young man whose parents were brutally murdered, who who suffered a lifetime without Thomas and Martha. Even when we look, I mean, if we look at the what has become the silliness that so many people make fun of, of the Batman versus Superman, uh, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck fight, the thing that resolves their tension is that their moms had the same name. Tapping into the source root of we have an individual within the the Batman who's working through a response of grief and trying to make sure that no one else's no one else experiences that grief so batman becomes the dark knight avenger making sure no one goes through the harm so much to the extent that it links into the mission statement the bat doesn't kill but we look at this at the very beginning of the movie and there there almost becomes an emotional conflict that exists for us that goes through this long journey with the bat we become so entrenched with i'm batman but then we hear this statement who are you i'm vengeance immediately for me that that flavored the existence of Robert Patterson's image of the Batman. I'm vengeance. His mission statement is to one who will go out and strike revenge for the wrongs in the world. And for many of us, that's what a superhero does. The superhero is the one that rises through adversity in such a way that we could never dream of. We'll never be the alien from another planet. We'll never be the billionaire that can buy all the weaponry. We'll never be the one that runs faster than someone else. We don't have a mythical ring that helps us do things that we could never imagine. We can't shout out the word Shazam and become someone different. So in many ways, our, our, our journey with... Heroes has been the ones who has the strength and the power to revenge, to strike revenge against the things that we in the real real world feel personally oppressed by.
Let's break into the faith conversation for a minute because this is where it becomes very important. Within our existence, within faith, faith should be the thing that sets us free from the bondage of sin, as I've heard so many pastors share over the years in my life. When we are free in Jesus, we are free indeed. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. We, we have this lineage of being set free from something. And it's set free from the oppression of things that we feel less than. That makes us feel less than. And I see this narrative played out because I am seeing this narrative played out right now within my existence in ministry. Right now, at this moment, I am a United Methodist pastor. And within our denomination that is currently known as the United Methodist Church, there is this journey that's going on. We have a split that's happening, and the split that is existing exists within the focus that we take on. Now, I'll go back to the narrative of the Batman as I share the difference in, in the mission statements. There, There's a branch that in some ways it appears and and I'll admit that I have a a flavored opinion on on one journey there's one journey that's built in vengeance there's one journey that's built in that sin is sin and sinners repent and there is more focus on vengeance against sin than the reality of needing to create places of comfort and hope for individuals to find their place at the table of Jesus Christ. The journey that I find myself on as a United Methodist pastor is rooted in the journey of hope. And that really goes back into our conversation last week. I, I want to be the great Boy Scout. I want to be the image of hope. I want to acknowledge that the shield that I wear on my chest that proclaims my Christianity be an image of hope for others. And I see... In the paralleled journey, there is also those that have sparked a journey based on this is sin, this is wrong, we will not acknowledge this, we will move forward in this way, in which I see as a journey of vengeance. Let's go back into the narrative of the movie, because here's what happens there's a line that exists in this, and I'm pretty sure I, I quoted it last week. Robert Patterson utters this line is that I had hoped to make a difference. I would, I, it's something along the lines of I hope to make a difference. I hope to spark a change. I hope to, I hope to have been noticed. My actions have been noticed. And I realize I, here's, now I remember the line. I had started this journey to make a difference. And I realize that I have just not the difference that I had hoped to make. And and we see that through this journey. He becomes the one that is so deeply rooted in the quest of vengeance. Spoiler coming up. He becomes the one so deeply rooted in the quest of vengeance that the spoiler, the Riddler, thinks that they're a team. 
He thinks that they're working together. The Riddler, who the bat is actually trying to fight against, that the bat is trying to stop and to slow down, is thinks that he, they're a team. And he leaves him the next clue to the next thing that he's going to do so that he knows. And unwittingly, I mean, we even see it in the which, what happens to Falcone. The, unwittingly, the bat ends up helping him. Because he's more focused on the journey of vengeance than the journey of making sure his journey's not lived by anyone else. That journey of vengeance. It gets so deep and so rooted that it spreads out as a mission statement of the Riddler. And then all the Riddler's followers start following the path. And then the Bat finally realizes what his quest of vengeance has become as we reach to the climax of the movie and one of the many people who have followed the path of the Riddler utters the words when they're asked, who are you? They respond, I'm vengeance. Back to the narrative of my reality. Because right now within this denominational split, I see this full-blown necessity of having a vengeance against a very specific thing that there's harm going on and sometimes that vengeance is the fight against things that want to take control away from us that actually links into the other thing that I am dealing with as a human being because I get worried whenever a select group of people have their civil civil liberties revoked and we're sitting at a place of of true-hearted reality that we could see the civil liberty of freedom of choice pro-choice the freedom of a woman to be able to say what happens to her body being revoked and that is an image of control it's an image of someone holding on to control. I just went through this Bible study, going through the this uh, book written by Doctor Ham- Adam Hamilton, the the Way of the Word, and w- this book is this conversation on the. Ten Commandments. It's it's a way for us to look at the Ten Commandments in such a way that we look at the reason that these tablets were presented to Mo- Moses in in the moment, and the name of the book is the Words of Life. Excuse me, the Words of Life, and it, how that they are used in the moment, but also how that we have misused them over time. I've said in different settings and different ways that the Ten Commandments are both a listing of instructions, what not to do, and they're also a book of instructions on how to live a productive, fruitful life and community. So there becomes two ways that we can look at the, the commandments. We look at them strictly as a group of rules, or we look at them as the guidelines of living in a fruitful community. If we look at them through 
the restriction of rules, we begin to look at them in the way that the bat looks at vengeance in the way that our dear friends with restrictive language as a denominational foundation looks at other individuals. The rule is more important than the person. The rule is more important than the person. Then there's another way to look at the Ten Commandments. And one of the things I really enjoyed about the Words of Life, this book by Dr. Adam Hamilton, is it pushed further to look at these guidelines of living, these rules of living, and they are rules of existence, and they all make sense. We're not going to steal. We're not going to kill people. It's important not to covet what other people have. It's important to cherish the reality of what we've been given. They're all important and healthy rules to follow. And we are challenged to look at those rules in such a way of how they help us care for other people. Because in one level, because in one level, we would openly say, I would never kill, but we kill people's opportunities by revoking freedom of choice. We kill people's opportunities by imbalancing the opportunity that people have to fully become involved in things. We steal opportunity by not honoring family time in the name of busyness. We There's ways that we break these commandments if we look at them in the realm of building community, which also becomes, when we look at them differently, it becomes a challenge to build community. When I look at a new denomination forming based off a restrictive rule, I see someone that's more focused on the rule than the community. When I look at the bat, especially the bat of vengeance, I see a person who's built on the mission statement and not the reality of the community. But we watch Patterson through this movie and when we when he begins to open up to community he begins to see the flaw of following being the one that exists as the image of vengeance and we see him begin to have a quest of community and understanding of community through his relationship with Selena Kyle the catwoman when he begins to care for her, to watch out for her, as he tries to stop her from killing Falcone, as he tries tries to stop her from pushing things the next level of being sucked into vengeance, we see the bat begin to understand what it means to build community. We see the bat understand what it means to care for the person outside of the restriction of the rule. And as we deal with both honoring the rule and caring for the person, we see the bat begin to see that he went out to make a difference, He and he did. It was just not the difference he was hoping to make. And then we see the bat begin to understand how to make the difference that is actually needed. And it's through the bat becoming the caregiver of the cat and watching out for her.
and stopping her from making the decisions that will suck her into a vortex that she'll never get out of, we see the heart change of the bat. And then we get to the end of the movie. And the end of the movie is what I hope that my path of ministry becomes. Because for years upon years, I've looked at the Batman as the one who is deep down bad. I've looked at the bat as the one who deep down would do something harmful in the name of the rule. I've seen the bat as those who have chosen the rule over community. But this movie brings redemption to the bat. As we see the bat in this flooded coliseum spark a a flare to become the light for other people to follow as we see him on top of the tallest building helping people find places of safety and care we begin to see an individual that understands that being the image of vengeance being the image of an idealistic rule sometimes needs to find a way to both yes respect the rule but become the caregiver of community and that's what i'm dealing with in the two problems that i'm frustrated with right now the restriction of pro choice the of choice is a restriction of caring for the community beginning a whole new denomination based on who is not welcome to attend is harmful to the community. They're all built in the imagery of vengeance, and I can't roll that way. It's my hope that hope wins. It's my hope that even the imagery of the one in the comic books who said deep down, I'm not, that person became the torchbearer holding the flare above his head for others to follow, becoming the image of hope himself. That's what I hope for. Because unfortunately, we have to deal with those who think that we're playing their game with them when we become restrictive denominations that start off by who we won't allow to participate. There's so many people that think that we're playing on their team, and that's not me. I want the ones that are looking for the light of hope to see the flare held over our heads so that they can find a place of peace and comfort and care. That's the reality I'm dealing with. And that's a reality that I hope that we go on the journey to find and a journey to care for. I hope that we go on this journey as caregivers of a message that should be the flare held over our head, not the one that causes others to say, I am vengeance. Thank you for dealing with my conversation this week. That's Comics in Christ for this week. My name is... Michael Davis. God is love. Everybody have a great week.